To the Beastcast episode, what is this? Forty now? Holy sheesh, bud! Episode the big 40, four zero. The big FN four FN zero Ford F one fifty. All right. Um, as always, I'm here with Mister Raven Bones. Yo yo. And today, me and Raven are going to be talking about a wide variety of topics. Um, but. The biggest thing is it's episode 40. We have done this for 40 episodes. Ah, I'm losing my voice already, damn it. No. We just started, I gotta lock in. So Raven, how was your week? Ah, it's been great. How great? Um, great enough for me to want to go skipping around outside. (laughs) Bro wants to frolic through the woods. Tiptoe through the tulips. Tiptoeing in my jorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so yeah, we got some pretty exciting things to come out. First off, um, I went and watched a movie. And I think we should just get right into this because I don't think it deserves any type of buildup or hype to it. Um mm-hmm. I went and watched Argyle. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely a movie. Um, it was just a movie. It was definitely just a movie. I mean, here's the here's the thing that I have about it. About okay, so for all of you who don't know, Argyle is this new like um thriller action adventure girl and guy romance movie type deal. You know, like you ever watch like the the Lost City like that. Like it follows uh, yeah. like it follows the exact same premise almost, except it has like a little bit of a different spin on it, but I don't really like the the problem with the spin is I don't really like the actual like uh spin that kind of happens. All right, so let's just run down the whole movie. So Argyle is about this writer, okay? She makes these action adventure uh novels called Argyle, okay? <clears throat> and eventually she gets to the point where after five years of making these books, she um, she kind of like just doesn't know what else to like write how to finish Argyle's story. Well, it turns out, and this is why I kind of this is why I'm I'm kind of like saying this is just a movie because I don't like uh, I I don't really like it because the whole point of the movie is that like everything everything that's been building up for like the past hour and a half of the movie, like you go through this whole like she meets this guy. Who's like, um, who's like a spy, and sh- he helps her, and they start finding all these things using her knowledge from her books, and then it just takes a complete one eighty, and they go, oh yeah, by the way, actually Argyle isn't real, and you're actually Argyle, and you're actually not even a writer at all, and you were brainwashed, and so this kind of really didn't tick me off, but it kind of was just like, what am I even doing here, kind of thing, because like I just watched for like an hour and a half this build up 
of characters who had like no real hints that they were that that this is the plot at all. And then they just kind of did a 180 on it. And it started to make me think a little bit about like other movies that I've seen about this. And when I was trying to find a review of it, the closest thing I could think of was last year when Lost City came out, The Lost City or whatever, because it follows almost a similar premises, except instead of trying to find this lost city full of like treasures, they're finding this master file thing. Okay. And it's meant to be like a quirky kind of fun, like James Bond style, fast and fear, new fast and furious style movie, you know, like action hero does crazy wacky things that nobody would ever do in real life type of deal. But it just comes off as way too corny and like way too trying to play into it. And then it kind of like the whole movie just takes a turn and the character just becomes like the main character, the main girl writer. Um, she kind of just becomes like a very unlikable character in a way because like she kind of just takes a, a full like deviation from what she was and what we have been used to seeing for the past like two hours of the movie. And then just like, you know, dri- like turns into something else and it and 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 just like that's it. And I'm like. And then it kind of has like a try, it tries to full, do like a full, you know, 360 where it comes all the way back to the start where even though she wasn't actually a writer, she still finishes the book and, and it's like, ugh, that's just, it's not, it's not, yeah, no, it is, it, it, I'll just say this, you can watch this movie, absolutely, you can totally watch this movie, but don't expect anything like groundbreaking from this movie <laughs> at all. Um. The the movie was, yeah, no, the movie was yeah. de- definition of mid, like the definition of mid. It had some cool concepts, but it just like, like I said, like every cool concept that it tried to do just came off as either really corny or really like dumb because like it was like, oh, you know, this writer, she's helping the spy. And then it's like, nope, actually, you were a spy the whole time. And it's like, oh, OK, then. And that's as much credit <laughs> as I'm going to give. <laughs> <Sounds them>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's as much credit as I, as I'm gonna give the uh, the movie. Uh, that's why I didn't like do a full review on review analysis of it because I don't think it deserves anything more than seven minutes of our time. Um, Should we keep the trend going? What trend? Seven quick seven minute review of a shitty movie somebody watched. <laughs> I I no sometimes the shitty movies deserve more than seven minutes. This one did not, but. Sometimes they do. Well, it's not that this is a shitty movie. I don't want to say that because there was obviously a lot of people who were like actually really trying and obviously had a heart going into the film. But the problem it can still be crap. The The problem with it isn't necessarily that it's just crap. The problem is it's just like show me something interesting that isn't like some dumb plot. Like they were trying too hard, I think, is the whole point. They were trying way too hard to make this plot twist work because it just like completely like snap of your fingers and she's a different character now oh did i get you did i get you did the plot twist get you and it'll be like well yeah because there was no there was nothing that was pointing that she was going to be a fucking different character <laughs> so yeah i yeah, actually almost I, walked I, out i watched a crappy movie yesterday too oh jeez all right what was yeah your crappy it's movie one that's that still in theaters but i still got it digitally was it um, poor things no, oh, okay. it was the it was the Jason Statham movie, the, the beekeeper. beekeeper. I almost went and watched that, and I was like, "This looks so fucking dumb." Uh, uh, you you actually dodged a bullet. The movie you watched is, even though you didn't like the plot twist, that was so much better than this. <laughs> yeah, this was just 
<clears throat> yeah, it was this. Yeah. Let's hear it. This, uh, <laughs> this is good. Okay. The plot of it sounds cool as if it just should have been made into a book because it does not work on the screen really bad. Uh, imagine. Okay. So basically a bunch of crypto scamming people who run like a big company uh, and multiple companies. Like imagine all those uh, scamming call centers in like India where, you know, somebody gets a pop-up on their computer. Oh, something's infecting your computer. Call this number. Okay, so there's a company that runs like a hundred different of these call scammers, and one of them ends up scamming a lady out of $2 million that she had saved up in her account, and that lady happened to have been taking care of taking care of some ex-classified like military dude, Jason Statham, who's a beekeeper, and uh, he takes care of bees. And uh, when he finds out that these people had led this woman to suicide, the one who was taking, basically giving him a place to stay, he decides to hunt down these scamming call centers and start burning them down to the ground uh, until he can find out who runs them and then go after them. But you find out along the way that um, the dude running the call centers happens to be the female president's wife i mean son sorry uh the female president holy shit i fucked that up bad (laughs) the female president's son okay uh and and that uh the dude he pissed off this beekeeper quite literally is quote unquote a beekeeper uh some classified fucking uh project where uh one person in the united states is like trained to be on the level of john wick so that when somebody in quote unquote the government hive is out of order it's his job to literally just go fucking kill him and so when he realizes that it's the president's son doing all these calls call call scammer things uh, he decides, all right, then I guess I have to go fucking kill the president too. And that's the movie. It's, that's that's his literally, and the movie ends abruptly too. He, uh, uh, all, the president brings her son out to some like thing to celebrate his birthday because they want to lure the guy, you know, and Jason Statham in. And he obviously still gets in and then he does what he wants to do in there. And then he just puts on some scuba gear and swims off into the sea and then it just ends. Dude. You know, like, the movie was fucking dumb. <laughs> like, the premise it doesn't sound that bad, okay? Like, like the idea of it when I was watching, I was like, yeah, that actually could have been, like, a really cool TV show, actually. But this is not... It's like it was trying way too hard in like the first 40 minutes to sound John Wickish, like if he's coming after you, there's nothing I can do type of thing. Kind of like how Vigo was to his son for killing John Wick's dog. Like, there's nothing you can do. And then it's like, it almost feels like it ends the same way as John Wick one, just without a fist fight and more shittily done. Like it was, it was funnier than hell. Here, here's the thing about Jason Statham that, and, and Statham is a good actor, but. The thing is, is he has so many movies that, like, after John Wick came out, he has so many movies that are just trying so hard. Like, he's, like, the go-to guy to do, like, 
knockoff John Wick style movies, like Wrath of Man. Have you seen Wrath of Man? Yeah. Yeah, like like movies like that, which aren't necessarily like the worst movie, but it's trying so hard to live off of that. Like you pissed off the wrong guy who's not even supposed to be a bad guy, but actually is a bad guy on the inside and fucking kicks a bunch of ass. And th- I guess that's the same thing. Um, But what I don't understand is about the beekeeper is I was looking at it and like you don't like even from like the trailer, like it just. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it, it should be like a, a movie that should be made at all because it has like a cool premise. Right. And then you look at the trailer and you're like, OK, what what actually is this? And then they like want you to go see it. And it's like, I'm not just going to go see it to find out if it's different from what I think it is or not. And obviously it was horrible. Yeah. So it, it was bad. <laughs> I get abruptly ends and I'm just like, OK, so um, so he didn't kill the president. He just you know, killed her son right in front of her while she was holding him. Hilarious. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so is the president actually going to go tell the world the truth that she allowed her son to have a scam? Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you the biggest thing of all was she finds out that these call centers were used to basically fund her campaign to be president and her son, like, rigged the whole thing for her. Uh, uh, so she was going to go, like, tell the truth to the public so that the beekeeper wouldn't kill them both. And uh, <laughs> he just comes into the room. The son somehow has a gun, and the beekeeper just shoots him. Jumps out the window. The FBI chick, that's like a side character, decides not to shoot him while he's running away. And he just like puts on scuba gear, swims away. Roll credits. Like, are we going to see her actually go admit to the public everything was rigged by her son because she found out, or like? What happened? Because he didn't. Because he didn't kill a bad guy. He came across that I felt like he should have, and so it's like I, I'm confused at this whole fucking movie. Because like it just ends. I'm just like, that's it. Like that's it. We got all the way up to here with the most bullshit action I've ever seen in my life. No, it but- makes Steven Seagal look good. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen that video of Steven Seagal in Russia? Like doing yeah, the doing like the yeah. the what is it the taijutsu like the taekwondo spinoff shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god, he's fucking hilarious. But no, it baffles me that Jason Statham's biggest movie is The Meg. Really? Yeah, I was thinking it would have been one of the fastest. Well, dude, Crank's not even in his top five. Dude, Crank 1 and 2 are the best Jason Statham movies Crank, ever made. Cr- dude, I'm going to be honest, bro. I'm counting right now. 3, 6, 9, 10. It's the 11th movie on here. There are, oh, fuck that. There, there are 10 movies in front of it. The Mechanic, Wrath of Men, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Operation Fortunate, uh, Ruse of... I don't even... I can't, I can't even see that. Um, I can't see the full title. The Beekeeper, because that one's new. The Meg 2, because that's also new. The Expendables, The Expendables, and Transporter, and then The Meg. Bro, no. Dude, Crank 1 and 2 were peak Jason Statham. Like, that, those were the best movies. Have you ever seen them? I've seen Crank, I believe, the first one. That's the one... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the one where he gets poisoned 
and he has to keep his heart rate above a certain thing and, and uh, so the poison doesn't kill him and he just has to fucking keep this adrenaline rush going the entire movie you know jump starting his nipples bunch of you know yeah it's dude it's like the most hilarious movie i've ever seen because it's like the movie speed with keanu reeves but like with jason statham and being poisoned and i thought it was the funniest crap ever because the movie feels like an adrenaline rush too it was like whoever made the movie got the concept right Guy Ritchie directed Wrath of Man. Did not know that. Okay, what is Operation Fortunate? Ruse de Guerrel. What is this? Oh my god, this this looks stupid as hell. It's got the dude in it. It's got the one dude. It's got um Hugh Grant. You know that guy? <clears throat> that English actor. He played in uh Dungeons and Dragons, Paddington. Okay. <clears throat> well, regardless, he's like a famous actor and he's in that movie. Weird. But no, Jason Statham, I feel like they'll be like, all right, John Wick, we have a mo- or we have like a John Wick style movie and then we'll be like, all right, let's get Keanu Reeves cuz you know he's John Wick and they'll be like, all right, so they get this action adventure. So Keanu Reeves takes a movie, right? And then after Keanu Reeves takes a movie and it does semi-well, they're like, all right, Jason Statham, I have an idea for a movie. It's the exact same movie, but with you. Like, he just gets, like, <laughs> the scraps. He just gets the scraps. Oh, dude, The Rock, dude. I forgot San Andreas was a movie. What's your favorite rock movie of all time? Like, what's your favorite the, uh, Dwayne Johnson movie? Snitch. Really? Yeah, you don't the like the only movie he he can act. Okay, I hear I hear what you're saying, but what about like good movies, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, well, like the okay. tooth, like the tooth fairy, <laughs> our rampage, our skyscraper. No, I'm kidding. Um, the walking tall, walking tall was an okay movie. Um. I will say this. The game plan is a really good movie. It's like a he's like the football guy and he's like has a daughter. That one's pretty good because he still has hair. I will say this. I'm very it's not an underrated movie at all, but it's kind of like my dirty pleasure movie is Central Intelligence with him and Kevin Hart. Because there's yeah, a scene of du- of Dwayne Johnson when he's younger and like they made him like super fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know which one you is. And he's, Fine, yeah. and if you want me to pick a good movie, uh, <clears throat> Race to Witch Mountain. Oh, my God, dude. Race to Witch Mountain. I haven't seen that movie in years. I'm being straight honest, bro. I don't even think that's on here. Hold on. Where is Race to Witch Mountain? There it is. And the, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Dude, I totally forgot this movie existed. This movie was so good, like, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Dude. Oh my god, he also did Journey to the Center of the Earth, too. Mm-hmm. Dude. But if I if you really if you really want my opinion, okay, my two favorite uh rock movies. I I, I it's funny to pick Snitch because it felt like it it literally is the actual 
last movie where The Rock actually acted and not was just like, okay, everybody, like, you know, the big buff bro type of thing. So, like, it was him actually acting in that movie. Like, if you watched it, you know what I mean. Okay. But my two favorite, because I can't pick either one, my two favorite Dwayne The Rock Johnson movies is The Scorpion King and Doom. You you like Doom? Really? Yes, I do. I like Doom. Even though I know it butchers the concept of Doom, I still like Doom. Yeah. They didn't even put Doom on here. Nobody does, but it's not mine. Um, hot take. I actually thought he did pretty good as Maui and Moana. Like, I thought that was kind of cool Um, for, like, a Disney movie. I will say, I will say this. His top movies are definitely kind of mid, though. His top five movies are Black Adam, Jumanji, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Moana, and Baywatch. I'm surprised that not a lot of people like the Scorpion King. Like, that's how I first got introduced to him as a person. Like, I never watched wrestling. So I, w- I didn't know The Rock as a wrestler. Um, but my brother had a copy of the Scorpion King. And it was like just everywhere. And I watched it and that's how I became like a fan of The Rock because I thought the Scorpion King was pretty cool. Yeah, is that the one? No, the Scorpion King isn't the one with the bad CGI, is it? No, that's the mummy too. Yeah, yeah, that's the mummy too. I don't know why they put that in the mummy. It made no sense, but the movie's good. That that was yeah, that was really weird. Um I watched people I watched this VFX like group actually fixed that to make it look realistic and they sent it to Wayne Johnson and he loved it. I like the the, the movie cuz you know who doesn't want to see Kelly Kelly who that that a that Asian actress mm-hmm. you know come out of the water basically naked just yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, so w- Walking Tall is that's got to be the one I'm thinking of, right? That's got Johnny Knoxville in it, but no. Oh yeah, it is. This is the movie where he becomes a sheriff, right? Walking tall. Yeah, where he becomes like the sheriff of the town. Or am I thinking of a different movie? I might be thinking of a different Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie. Um, here, let's look at movies that might fit the bill. It had to have been Walking Tall. There's no way. I can't think of any other movie because it wasn't Pain and Gain. Uh, uh, you're right. Uh, you, you are right. Walking tall. Yeah. It's, uh, but he's not a sheriff. He comes back home to his hometown as a soldier and finds it corrupted by the sheriff and everybody else. And he kind of, yes, he goes in and whips ass. Exactly. And then then doesn't it end, doesn't it end with like him and like his Samoan brothers, like fighting off a bunch of dudes or, or is that a different movie? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, that's that's the that's the uh hobbs and shaw movie or, or oh my god it is it's yeah. hobbs and shaw <laughs> oh you're absolutely right dude why did they do idris elba like that <laughs> Bro. like why why did this movie need to come out I just, I didn't like this movie at all. It was so, like, even corny, even for fucking Hobbs and Shaw. Like, even for, like, Fast and Furious. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, just wait until they add fucking Keanu Reeves to the fucking Fast and Furious world. Dude, I would love for fun to see just a fun crossover of the world of the Fast and Furious with the John Wick world. The high table. I mean, you know that they got to be looking at all the bullshit that Vin Diesel's character is doing as Dominic Toretto, and they're just like, oh, my God. And like, they'll like, they're just going to go to John Wick and be like, all right, you're forgiven. You're not actually dead, apparently. Um, can you just go, like, take out this group of race car drivers? And, and then Keanu Reeves is like, <clears throat> if we're going to defeat the bad guys, I'm going to need a gun. And then Vin Diesel's going to grab him by the shoulder and go, no. You're going to need family. There we go. Oh, my God. Imagine if they did that. He he sent to kill Dominic Toretto, but joins with him, and it's the whole crew against the high table. John Wick 5. There we go. There we go. Yeah, this is... John Wick 5, and you do the V for, like, v, like a V engine? Oh, my God. Like, V8? Oh, my God. Stop. Dude, it'd be great. Uh, we come up with like the dumbest shit. It's hilarious. Dude, this would be this would be like the greatest fucking movie of all time. I'm telling you, this would be this would be. And then think about it. At the end of the movie, there's like post credit scene, fucking like um, like Captain America, like the new one walks out, like Bucky or whatever, and he walks out, and he's fucking like he's just like, I need your guys' help. And then it just like cuts and it just says, the Fast and Furious crew will return. And then they join the Marvel Universe. Are they... Okay, wait. Who does Fast and Furious? Who owns Fast and Furious? Is that is that Warner Brothers? Uh, no, Universal Studios. Okay. So what if... What if as... What if Disney bought Universal Studios just for Fast and Furious? Who gives a fuck about all the other things like Puss in Boots and all the Shrek movies? And who gives a fuck? We got Fast and Furious, baby. Actually, what is Universal's biggest film franchise? It's got to be that, right? Yeah, it, I can't think of any anything else it could be. Jurassic like Park, now, maybe? Now you got me thinking. Now, I mean, Jurassic Park, not really, because I don't think everybody liked the last movie. And mm, yeah. it seems like the it was only the last previous three movies that were part of it, so... Not really a franchise. Okay, just a trilogy. Okay. okay, listen. Here are the here are the top grossing Universal movies, and then we can maybe just end on this for this segment. Uh, okay. Jurassic Park, Furious Seven, Jurassic Park, F Eight, Minions, Jurassic Park: The Original, Despicable Me Three, Despicable Me Two, Pets, E T, uh, Fast and Furious Six, Hobbs and Shaw, Sing, Fast and Furious Five. And then uh, that Jurassic Park movie that came out with um, with the fucktard uh, Star Lord uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, those are the those are that's in order by highest grossing. So, so essentially, their franchise is Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious and our Jurassic Park, they kind of go head and head. I mean, they both in the top five. They both have two movies in the top five. So I don't know. Take that as you will. But just wait, it's about to get crazier. Because Vin Diesel's about to draw Fast and Furious 11. Well, actually, no, it's just going to be part two, isn't it? 
Yeah, part two. What the hell is Los Benderos? Oh, is that like the Spanish version of Fast and Furious? I don't know. It is the second short film in the Fast and Furious franchise and serves as a prequel to Fast and Furious 2009. What? Los Baderos. It's like some like super short film. Okay, I did not need to know that there was a bunch of stuff like that. The Turbo Charge. There's another one. It's a prelude for Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, that thing? Yeah, I have that on DVD. Oh my god. That's what they meant? I didn't even know it had a name. I thought it was just the, the prelude. Okay, okay. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, though. Let's be honest. Is it mid or is it good? It has it's Bow the, Wow. It's the best one. I do it. Thank you, fucking Christ. I literally, this is my favorite of, of the of the of original three. I'm not even kidding. I think the original three goes in this order. And this is, this is, this is... It's a hot take. I think it goes from top to bottom. I think it goes three, two, one. I think the first Fast and Furious movie is the worst out of the original three. And I'm being dead Ooh. serious. Uh, you bought the hell. So yeah. many people typing comments. No, I, I might get my head shot off for that. But seriously, here's the thing. Fast and Furious 1 set up the whole universe. Like without Fast and Furious 1, there'd be no Fast and Furious 2 or 3. But with that being said... <clears throat> Um, you'll have to find out in the next segment. Oh, <laughs> and welcome back to the beast cast, uh, episode 40, where we left off. I left you guys on a massive cliffhanger about, um, the best fast and furious movies. And, um, so listen to this, this is, this is my, uh, fast and furious take. So without fast and furious one, there would be no fast and furious, right? Let's just say that. Okay. So, yes, it is detrimental to being, you know, a part of the group. However, Fast and Furious 2 takes Fast and Furious 1 and does it better. And then Fast and Furious 3 does the same thing. It takes Fast and Furious 2 and 1 and makes it better. Because here's the thing about Fast and Furious, the, first, the original first three Fast and Furious, right? Fast and Furious 1 has, you know, like Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, it has like its cast of characters. In... in and this is the thing that I think they should, this is what they tried to do with Hobbs and Shaw, I felt like, but it just didn't work, was trying to take the original, like, starter cast out of it and make a different movie. Because the original Fast and Furious movies didn't have, like, a starter cast. Like, Vin Diesel was just, like, a side character in, like, he was a main character, but he was, like, just for main character for, you know, Fast and Furious 1. Fast and Furious 2 then introduced a bunch of new characters and did its own thing. Fast and Furious 3 then did its own thing. And then after that, they kind of just went down the drain, right? Like, everything kind of just became, like, you know, cray-cray, kind of crazy. And then they did their Fast and Furious 4 through now 10, where it's just been one cohesively long story. And I felt like they tried to do that with Hobbs and Shaw a little bit, where they wanted to try and get that roots back to, like, Fast and Furious 1 and 2 and 3, where, like, they, they were called The Fast and, and The Furious, and it was just, like, a spinoff, like, Tokyo Drift, you know? And so, like, that was, like, The Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw, you know? But Hobbs and Shaw didn't do good enough. And that wasn't because of the way it was presented. It was because the movie just sucked. True. So, 
Also, the problem that I always have with Fast and Furious movies is villains or bat or guys who are kind of like teetering towards the bad side always just in the next movie turn like really good. You know, mm-hmm. like for example, Dominic's brother. Like at the end of the movie, he's like, I. I'm a good guy, but I need time to think. And then he shows up in Fast 10. He's like, let's do this, baby. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, Fast and Furious has become, like, it's it's trying to be, like, America's James Bond. But it's just not working. <clears throat> That's kind of why, you know, it's funny that you say that. That's kind of why, in a little bit of a way, I liked Fast X. Simply because whoever wrote the script, because I know it wasn't Vin Diesel, uh, (laughs) at least not this time around, uh, whoever wrote the script actually seems to be self-aware of that because they because they had the bad guy be all like, oh, I guess I got the wrong people. And then near the end of the movie, he's like, psych, bitch, shot down the plane, blow the damn fuck all of you. You think I was going to join your merry band because he gave a good family speech? (laughs) <laughs> no it, it's become like it's become existential right like it's become self-aware of the self-awareness <laughs> like like yeah it, it mimics shit from like fast nine fast eight fast seven all those movies that were like super cliche and then just is like and then we're gonna do it on purpose now <laughs> like uh like i remember that argument that we had with um and we can get into this discussion but we had an argument with a couple of our lolly friends um who so happened to like um uh anime and uh lolly hentai more than they do uh actual films and they were trying to claim that james bond was too cliche and i told them i said look I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to disagree with you that like movies like Fast and Furious and, and James Bond are cliche. However, you cannot say that you don't like something because it's too cliche and then watch animes that are all recycled of each other. <laughs> like, like you, like 75% of anime is completely recycled off of another anime just with different characters and a different semi plot. And I just think it's, I just think you can't like. Like, it's weird to me that you, you can't like something because it's too cliche, but then be like, oh, but this other thing that's super cliche and uses a bunch of stereotypes is also just amazing. Like, I feel like you can't do that, which is why I also don't say that the Fast and Furious franchise is bad, because there are some bad movies in the Fast and Furious franchise, but the Fast and Furious franchise is not bad because I like James Bond. And for me to say that Fast and Furious is bad because of, oh, it's just too, like, you know, it, it it's trying too hard to be something it's not, but then like that's also what James Bond does. So like you know, I kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, but anyways. both of those are handled differently. Yes, okay, Aston Furious running a car off a ramp to the moon is different than you know. But here's the thing: is is when Fast and Furious movies tried to become action movies, they immediately then cemented themselves into going to that route because Fast and Furious movies became from like the action was with cars to the action is cars and guns and now it's actually guns then cars like like fighting is the main conflict rather than racing anymore Fast 9 tried to bring back the racing concept as the as the main thing but like then they just immediately went back to like oh but there's evil terrorists and it's like oh. that's why Tokyo Drift is the goat no matter what yes exactly because the villain, dude, I'm just telling you, if they just made, like, another Tokyo Drift movie, not, like, Tokyo Drift, but, like, another movie like that where it's just, like, not a single of the original characters is in it, 
you just do it. And and I think it would do really well, actually, if it focused completely on racing. Everybody would be like, oh, it doesn't live up to Fast X. Be like, I'm not trying to make it live up to Fast X. I'm not trying to have explosions and guns and cars running down dams and, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, Tokyo Drift is kind of the last good beacon of uh, racing movies because of how the underground racing was handled. There is obviously a problem that occurred because of who runs the underground racing. And then it was settled by a dueling race on a dangerous uh, track that used the track itself as the action intention and the race. It didn't need to do anything overtly fancy and bullshitty to pull off you know, the climax, it was like, just from looking at the track, you're like, damn, this is going to be aggressive. Like there wasn't some sort of like people like trying to like, I mean, there were guns used, but like, but like there wasn't like a bunch of people trying to like shoot him, shoot his tires out in mid race, you know, like trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. It, It was like, they were trying to kill each other with their cars, you know, like they were actually racing to the death. And that was kind of like the whole point is like, and, and a lot of people don't like Fast and Furious, and, and this is actually, funny enough, there's a scholarly paper. There's a really good uh, paper that we read in college last year, actually. We read this paper for, for English. It was about, like, Western versus Eastern culture and the conflicts between them. And there was actually a paper written about, like, partially about Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift because it's not the fact of the racing. It's because of the fact of... of um, like Western and Eastern cultures mixing together in, in the movie. And the thing about it is this Westerner guy, foreign guy comes in <clears throat> and beats one of the, you know, people, uh, the Eastern guys in, in his own race, you know, at, at his own thing. And like, it's kind of like that, that mix of culture. And I think that's also what made Tokyo Drift kind of cool was, yeah, you know, anybody who's actually from, like Japan will will watch this movie and be like this is the stupidest fucking thing life is nowhere near that in Japan you know like in Tokyo but then you'd be like okay but also life isn't like that in the United States so like and and they still go around fucking uh like pull doing all these racing things in LA like you think motherfuckers are just going down fucking street racing getting almost hit by trains every single day like no no nobody nobody's doing that Okay, it's just like it's meant to be propped up culture. Okay, it's like a culture uh, appropriation, right? And and that's one of the things that Fast and Furious is cool because like it brings that into the limelight of like first off, <clears throat> drift racing has is not was not popular in the United States. I don't know if it's popular now, but like uh drift racing where like you where the cars don't focus on being fast, rather being, you know, flexible, like being able to withstand sharp turns and drifting and and racing each other like that that's not really popular in the united states but that's massive in these european and in asian countries where they don't have a lot of room to race like there's entire drag races like that so it kind of takes that racing concept too like fast and furious tokyo drift is literally like takes concepts that you can't even possibly think of and, and and brings them into the limelight for for american culture even though, yeah, it's got an American good guy and the American comes in and just whoops ass, you know, after learning a little bit. But he's also taking on that culture and learning the things, you know. 
Yeah. And he also didn't learn it overnight. You could, you actually yeah. see the arc of him failing, yeah. and but he, he and has he, the spirit. And he finds out that he loves being because when he gets to the movie, it's it's like a it's like a character building movie, right? When he gets to when mm-hmm. he gets to Tokyo, he hates it because it's not America. And he he his dad is a dick. He has nowhere to basically sleep. Like he has the tiniest bed. But over time, he just become he falls in love with it, and then becomes like you know like. He's like, I'm just as much a part of this community as you are. And then then they race, you know, like. That's the thing about that movie. That's good is Fast and Furious does concepts that Tokyo Drift did concepts that it's such a crazy movie because like Fast and Furious 2 wanted to focus on trying to do the action adventure. But like, you know, you know, more it wasn't like how it is now with Fast and Furious, but like um, Fast and Furious 1 was all about racing. Fast and Furious 2 was all about, like, you know, like, um, like, action adventure racing. And then Fast and Furious 3 comes out, and it's this culture appropriation, and, and it brings in two different cultures and combines the racing styles together. And, and, and really just puts that, that style into the limelight. I love it. It's a good movie. That's why it will forever be the best, Tok- Tokyo Drift will be the best Fast and Furious movie. Because they've never been able to do it again. Especially now, they're never going to be able to do it again. They're way too focused on trying to um, trying to trying to make them action adventure blockbusters now, which is sad. But also, people like it, and I don't mind it. So whatever, you know. But gone are the days. Gone are the days. Gone with the wind. Uh, but yeah. Oh man. Okay, moving on. Um. Apple has just released its new Apple Vision Pro. Now, Apple Vision Pro, let me just let me just pull up the cost. So, so for all of you who don't know, an Apple will probably come to my house and burn it down for saying this, but essentially it's just a VR, right? Um, the Apple Vision Pro is is kind of insane though. Um, it costs. I I I'm not even kidding. It costs. $3,499 for the starting price of the Apple Vision Pro. What? Yes. But here is the thing, and I'm not saying it justifies the price because Apple always overprices their products by like at least 30 or 40%. But here is here is the difference between a regular VR headset compared to the Apple Pro, Vision Pro. So regular headsets, they have controllers and they're usually not haptic see-through as in like you can't really see through the screen usually the screen isn't you know the screen isn't a see-through screen well the vision pro actually is not a see sorry is not a see-through screen either however what it does is this is crazy it has a real-time built-in like uh sensor that basically creates and projects everything around you in real time like i'm talking like snap your finger it will be no no feedback at all like it's it's real like that so they've invested a bunch of money in these like haptic sensors to get it like as quick as possible there's also sensors for your hands so instead of using a controller the apple vision pro allows you to just use your hands and not like the connect where it's really clunky like this is like actually really good there's like apparently like 20 sensors or something like that on the on the headset and basically, you can just kind of, like, take your hand wherever, as long as, like, uh, to your side of your body or, like, in front of you. 
and you can kind of just like pinch and you can drag like you can drag like pinch drag click boom like you can press and and click on things and it's a cool concept because like you have this screen basically it's like as if having like your own personal mini screen without everybody else seeing it while also being able to see everything around you which is kind of cool um i think it's like a step for like a new technology i don't think it's worth buying yet but i think it's a step towards new cool technology however that price point is going to be a killer for a lot of people because here's the thing it's not necessarily clunky but it's also you know like fresh off the chopping block right like it's hard to invest in something like that when it's like the when it still like has quirks and problems so but it, it it's pretty cool but here here's the things that it's lacking and this is why i would not even think about spending three thousand five hundred dollars for it it has no youtube no netflix no hulu um it has basically the only the only like streaming apps that it has for like streaming movies or anything that you would want to even consider using it for which is like viewing stuff you know uh is disney plus and apple tv everything else is completely basically not on there like they they boycott they're not boycotting it but they're basically saying like we're not going to put it on there because we don't want to invest the money to make these haptic you know uh like uh versions of our apps but it's a cool concept but it needs work but for three thousand five hundred dollars and that's also the starting price that's for the 256 gigabyte version and it's basically just like having an ipad but like over your face and it's like cool <laughs> yeah. it's cool it's cool and all to like be able to like take a screen and you're the only person that can see it right and you can push it up and put it to your right and then you can like look to your left and like you can talk to people and that's cool and by the way might i add that also it has like this so you know how like when when like they try to digitally create stuff in vr it's hard for stuff to like lock in place well yeah apple actually has found a way to actually do it i was watching a video and this guy he basically like projected a window onto his wall okay and it locked in place and it didn't matter how he moved how he looked where he where he went it stood right there in the exact same place as if it was like a real window like where it wasn't now that's fucking cool yeah so like there's and, and also the thing about that is is here's where the i think the main purpose will come from is people who are either engineers uh visionary filmmakers like people who are filmmaking or people who want to work on visual effects there's a bunch of like visual effect and painting stuff within within this which means you can work on 3d models like by walking around it you know okay so that's cool but the other thing too is also you can take these 3d models and plant them and lock them and see how it would look on at in certain environments and in your room so like let's say you have a set right and you're like i want to see what it would look like if i put a clock tower in the back you put the headset on you vis- you basically pull up your 3D model of the clock tower and you put it in there and you lock it and you can see what it looks like. And this goes for people who are engineers, right? Like I think NASA could easily use this or people who work on like vehicles, right? You pull up like a big concept of it and you can work on little pieces of it by walking around it and seeing everything in it. You know, like this is like, this is definitely, I think a future technology that's going to be big. That's why I was thinking like, you know, like, who knows even if we have phones anymore because who knows maybe you can at some point make this like so tiny that it's just basically like it goes over your eyes right 
you know, like a, like a lens you put over your eye, you know? So I think this is a cool concept. It's like, it's like the beginning. It's like the beginning of the end, basically. Right. We're at the very beginning, the forefront, you know, like, okay. The perfect example is like computers. Like when, when the first personal computer came out, you know, and you're like, I'm not going to pay that much money for a green fucking box that just tells me how to do numbers. But now like you can't even like, I think you legally have to have a computer at this point. Like it's impossible to not have some sort of computer, at least whether it's a phone, whether it's a phone or a fucking TV or console or, or an actual personal computer, or it's a calculator. They're all computers. Like you can't live without a computer in the 21st century. Pretty much. I can only maybe think of like three people and they all are probably monks in China. So, um, um if they do this to where it, it, like what you said, where it becomes smaller and goes over your eyes and all that other good stuff. Uh, hopefully they're able to incorporate people with glasses in there. Yes. Well, like no more prescription glasses. The, the, the Google vision does that itself. It's like, Oh, you're somebody with Google Vision's nuts for that, by the way. I want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. If if Google Vision or whatever company later on makes it just like the glasses of the century with all this virtual stuff, if they're able to have anything to where you can put it over your eyes and, and it just goes, Oh, here's somebody with this, you know, type of vision, and it just corrects your vision for you mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy things without having your glasses on underneath, that would be cool. So the Vision Pro actually does accommodate four glasses um, by being able to actually push the actual screen a little bit farther out so you can you can put your glasses on and have them on. But I think it would be cooler if the actual screen did that for you, right? You know? Mm-hmm. That's the problem with VRs is they're so not glasses friendly. <laughs> like, they, they always were never really glasses friendly. Like, they always... Like, it's like people with, like, disabilities... And, like, being being blind shouldn't be a disability. Like, not being able to see... Like, that. Okay, being actually blind is a disability. But, like, not being able to see, you know, in HD vision, it should not be a disability. So, yeah. Um, And then, you know, maybe something like this works with, like, a Neuralink or something. I don't know. I, I don't even know what the progress on that shit is anymore. Like... The, they implanted into the first human a couple weeks ago. Okay, and... I still haven't heard, like, I haven't heard anything about it. Like, I still don't know, like, what are they exactly looking for in the test? Um, positive, uh, neural generation or signal allowing the neurons from the chip in the brain to fully communicate with each other and start the first transference of data between the two. Okay. And what exactly would a neural link do? Um, it would allow you, have you ever seen that movie Altered Carbon? No, I don't think so. Well, that's the goal. Um, it would be his idea for Neuralink is to basically help treat people with, to start out with is to help treat people with, um, brain degenerative diseases like, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And that this is essentially a memory chip for your brain so that data can come and go from it as it pleases. But then also later on start to have the capacity to, you know, start 
tweeting and other crap for you if you want. I was going to say, that's that's how it always starts. It always starts with some sort of medical thing so they can get a bunch of people to invest in it. And then it becomes like the product that they actually want it to be, which is like a harboring data trip that can basically sense anything that you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's essentially oh, it, it's kind of like how people in cyberpunk work. That's where that's where. Oh, yeah. That's where we're trying to go to. Here's the that. thing: is I can already tell that this is going to be a can of worms, though. Like w- later on, if not within like the next ten years, maybe in like the next thirty years, Congress is going to start going in there and being like, "All right, this is a fucking invasion of privacy," and then they're going to be like, "Well, you know, you spy on our emails, so." And then you'll be like, okay, fair point. But no, I think I, I think it's kind of funny that at some point, and this is something that we've been talking about in class, at some point we're going to need an amendment to the Constitution about technology. <laughs> it's just getting a little too chaotic. Um, not necessarily like, here's the thing, not necessarily in the fact that we need like an amendment that says like we need to ban technology, but we need an amendment that regulates it. And and anybody who argues oh, you want to put an amendment in the constitution about computers, I don't think people realize how big computers are in the daily life of an American. That it, it is on the level of free speech and freedom of religion and other things like that. Because this is literally like people's entire lives are based off the internet. So I think it is as big. I think it is big enough to have an amendment on technology. You know, like, like, I think the thing is, is something needs to be grandfathered into our constitution that says something about some sort of regulation on technology, because if we don't, eventually somebody's going to find some sort of loophole and it is going to be an absolute fuck fest. I mean, the United States government already almost kind of did that. I mean, that's what the whole Snowden thing was. It was semi illegal, but really it's not because like, there's nothing in any law that says that I can't just, like, look at everything you send over the internet. Like, including, like, personal stuff. Like, who says I can't? I'm the guy who makes the laws, and I say I can, so I can. You know? That's why I think it's scary. That's why we need an amendment to the Constitution for it. Absolutely. We need, we need some sort of national, federal law that says that Government cannot look at government cannot use cannot look at private transfer of data cannot like especially when shit like Neuralink's going on cannot fucking just tap into your brain and look at what you're thinking you know I don't know too bad it's gonna happen whether or not there's an amendment or not I mean yeah but at least with an amendment then you have some sort of clause or immunity to try and combat the government because you know, yeah, we're not doing it now, but who's to say that some fucking cheesehead won't, you know? And I'm not, I'm not trying to play the argument that all people are evil, but, like, a lot of people are not good. <laughs> the government, because of especially how it's been built up now over the last 30 years, the government will never listen to anything you fight them against, even if you have an amendment to protect yourself. And that's kind of the sad thing, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a this is a question I'm going to ask on our Career Pathways podcast, but I'm going to ask Dr. Uh, one of the professors that we're interviewing. He's a political science uh, professor, um, and he always says, like, I'm not a politician. I'm a political science. I'm a political scientist, which means that 
I don't take sides. I just look at the facts. And the one thing that I always like is I'm going to ask him if he, if, if the found, like in his opinion, if the founding fathers were to come to the United States, like in today's society and look at it, would they approve of it? You know, like we get them up, right. We get them up the speed with like, this is how technology works. This is how life is. Would they approve of how life is for like how the government is treating the United States people? The answer would be no. Yes. And I'm going to guess the answer is no. Just because some of those guys were not good people in, in the, in the, in the, you know, who set up our government, but still they were 10 times better than most of the people in our government. I mean, and the problem start and here's the thing that, that I don't like to get too political, but the thing that, that stems in the beast cast or in the beast cast, I don't like to get political, but the thing that stems the most from this is the people themselves. I mean, the people themselves get just listen to shit and then they just vote on party or they just vote on, they don't, they don't look at anything. They just go, nope, that guy's a Democrat. That guy's a Republican. I'm voting for him. End of story. Yeah. The one thing that they didn't want anyways, they didn't want, they didn't want people to do that. That, No, it's not that they didn't want parties that that's the reason why we have, by the way, I, I don't know if you know this, but this is the reason why we have, we don't just have a direct democracy for who's the president, right? Because if we had a direct democracy for who's the president, then let's say Tom Brady, everybody knows Tom Brady, you know, he's a football player in the United States. If he just put his name up in there, even though he's not as qualified as anybody else who, who could run the position, everybody's just going to vote for him because they know him. And, and that's, that's why we don't have a direct democracy is to try and prevent things like this. But now it's just kind of become that, oh, that guy's on the Republican Party. Perfect. I'm just going to take my vote for him. Oh, that guy's on the Democratic Party. Yep. Sounds good to me. Because mm-hmm. I don't like those guys on the other side. They're, they're evil. I, uh, that's why I equate politics now to the uh, brain-dead idea of football. <laughs> the brain-dead yeah. idea of football. I don't, care. I don't care who gets mad at me for that. It, it, football and politics have a lot going for each other. Because I'll explain it real simple. You have two teams on the on the field that fight for each other, and somehow you give a crap about each and every single one of them, what they can do. You have your fantasy football draft and everything about them. While everybody else sits in the stands and pays for the most expensive tickets ever to watch everybody down below and then fight the other person for not supporting their team when nothing that happens on that field uh, has any benefit to their life and the people on it just got richer. And then you walk away. And continue with your life with nothing changed. But see, I would I would argue that with with a sport than I would with politics. The thing is, is you can make memories off of sports, right? Like you can go to a sporting event when you're younger, and you can it can define who you are as a person, right? Like you can go to these events and like think about it, like oh, I spent that time with my dad, you know, like my dad passed away, and like the the thing we love to do was sit down and watch football, you know, like that, you know. But but with politics, it went you you're not gonna be like. Oh, yeah, my dad was Republican, so voting Republican makes me think that I think about my dad, and I really miss my dad, so I'm going to vote Republican. No, it's not. I, I, I don't think it's like that. Like, the thing is, is if you have a common interest in the same politician, it is. But, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is like, you're not going to, you're not going to like think about politics the way you think about like football like that. Like, yeah, you can make that analogy, and that's actually a really great analogy. But the thing about, the thing about football, or at least about sports in general, is yeah, people pay for those high tickets, but like even just sitting down and and like getting together and watching a football game with like people, you know, like that's 
that's making memories. That's that's you know that's bringing you together for a common interest. You know, like for that to you know to bring you closer together. Especially like that was me with my dad. Was that brought me really close to my dad because that was something that he really liked, right? So the the thing was about football though, is yeah, I mean inherently none of it matters, but at the same time, football football teams fight for states. So you're kind of fighting for state pride. I mean, for example, like, like football teams are fighting for, for like the pride of their, of their state or their city, you know, like when, when, like when the Kansas city chiefs win, you know, it's a, it's a parade because Kansas city wins. The city of Kansas city has, is it's prideful that they are the best in the country. You know, like there's a pride in it. You don't really take pride that, I don't know a lot of people that take pride that the president's from Minnesota, you know, that shows how cool Minnesotans are, you know, no, but you can in the same way as football and going to a football game, you can't, I've made plenty of memories over politics. Like me and my dad, we went and we got like pizza and stuff and we watched Obama's first uh, state of the union speech together. Obama. Yeah. I mean, um, we, you can have a lot of fun over presidencies and you can have a lot of fun just over politics yourself, because if you're a family that actually sits at a dinner table, it's, you could talk about a lot of things. And I've created a lot of memories with family and friends over politics and discussion of politics, state of the unions and, and other funny things about this country that are hilarious to have memories over but to me at the end i the attitude i see with people who um as you pointed out only point only will vote for a person because they have an r or a d next to their name the attitudes i see them do in the news to each other fox news cnn and how the propaganda gets treated it's the exact same thing I find from your average brain dead idiot that goes to a football game. They don't like the other team because it's the other team. Screw them. Nothing they do is good. Forget about them. And that if you don't like the same team they do, then clearly something's wrong with your head. It The, the attitude carries over there when there are just people there who are just going to enjoy the game and don't care about either side. And, and I think, I think, yeah, we can we can end this segment on that. But I think it's it's it is a good analogy, but I think we just have differing opinions on it, which is totally fine. Um all right, when we come back, we will be continuing on with our discussion of crazy crap. Welcome back to the Beast Cast, baby. Thank you for staying tuned in this far. We have the best takes, best content, and we love our rabbit trails of conversation. We have our hosts, JJ and Raven Bones, bringing you another segment. I hope you enjoy. 
Welcome back to the BeastCast, episode 40. Uh, where we left off, we were talking about st- uh, stupid football and uh, and um, politics, but we need to take a turn to a little more of a more sad, more serious, um, and just kind of a segment a little more dedicated to um, a recent passing of an actor that I really, 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 really uh, like. Um, so... Some of you may know, some of you may not know, um, but sadly, the uh, late, great Carl Weathers has passed away. He was 76, and for those of you who don't know the legendary status of Carl Weathers, I'm going to pull up everything that he has done uh, that you would know him from. He starred as Creed in Rocky, the original Rocky. He was Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. He played in the Predator movie. He also, some things that you might know him from, The Mandalorian. He played in The Mandalorian. He played in Psych. He played in Arrested Development. Um, And he played in The Heat of Night. That's an older one. You guys might not know him from that, but um, he was a phenomenal actor. And we just want to give kind of a um, a little thank you to him and his family for the insane amount of work and dedication to making great, ama- amazing characters that he did. Um, we couldn't ask for any anybody else better, I think, to play Creed, honestly, in those movies. I don't think I could think of anybody else who could play Creed. Um, and kind of just that status of legendary, that legendary status just goes with him over time so you know it is just it was it, it it's a big thank you to him uh that was yeah okay moving off of a very kind of touching rest in peace legend yes rest in peace um moving a little bit away from kind of the the sadness of that um we have Raven, this is gonna get a little based for you. So okay. we we love baseness sometimes. A little bit of baseness is nice. Um, so Neil Druckmann, everybody, everybody who knows him should know him. If you don't, um, Neil Druckmann is the basically the lead director of uh, The Last of Us over at Naughty Dog. Actually, I think he's just the lead director at Naughty Dog because he also did Uncharted too. So um, Neil Druckmann says he has figured out. The concept for The Last of Us Part 3. It does feel like there's probably one more chapter to this story. Raven, of course, I need your thoughts. <laughs> but why, bro? Nobody, here's the thing, okay? Stop. No, I don't want to see Abby again. Okay, I don't want to see this fridge-built idiot-looking thing that's nothing more than Neil Druckmann's fantasy wife when he goes to sleep in a game again. I don't care. It's stupid. It's dumb. And the only thing that was mildly good about The Last of Us Part 2 was the ending where um, you know uh, see now I'm forgetting characters because I'm so mad about a Part 3. Uh, what's her face? Um, 
the main chick from the first game and the second game. What's her name? Oh, you mean the girl uh, Ellie? Yeah, there we go. I don't know why. I knew it started with an E. I don't know why I forgot it. Ellie. Okay. the 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 only good part about The Last of Us Part Two was when Ellie found, um, fridge chick on essentially a cross. You know, being tortured and very flail and and decided not to kill Abby. And that whole moment there, okay, was like the only time throughout the entirety of the game that I felt a singe of emotion where it's like, ah, you really get the chance now to kill this person for killing Joel. And it's like, is it really worth it for everything you had to go through? You know, like it was like the only good moment where you have a conflict of mind on if you want to do something or not, or, or it seems like Ellie is conflicted on if she wants to do something or not. But the rest of the game it didn't even need to lead up to that. The whole game is crap. Like, I don't know what you're going to do with a part three, like, but it's crap because, well, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's she going to go do? Is Ellie going to go to the facility officially now and sacrifice herself so everybody can have a cure? Or is she just because I thought it all ended nicely even though the whole movie whole it felt like a crappy movie the whole game felt bad but it ended with just her on a farm and that you know having a lesbian relationship and a kid and everything you know the end what's going to happen next another fridge chick is going to raid the farm and kill the girlfriend <laughs> or kill Ellie oh god Oh, there we go. Yeah, this yeah. time instead of a let's golf just kill, club. Let's just kill everybody now. Let's just kill everybody off. It'll be a cross stick. Um, but yeah, I wanted like to kind of I, I kind of wanted to bring up some comments. Um So, the top comment, the most liked one. This has I shit you not. This has 2,500 likes. It says it's just six hours of Druckmann getting pegged by Ellie in different scenarios with no actual gameplay. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the like the top like comment. I swear to God. I swear, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Um. Okay. Um. Ellie gets killed in the first hour. It does feel like people will pay for a third game. I mean, I know it will. <laughs> uh. Look, if it adds to Ellie's journey in a significant way that needs to be told, I'm all for it. Naughty Dog hasn't missed yet, so I'm behind them 100%. Uh -huh. Oh, no. Whoever banned that person with the last comment. Uh, look, I can tell you where Naughty Dog doesn't miss, though. Uncharted. <laughs> Oh man, why, why, why? Okay, here's what I don't get, Naughty Dog, and this is what ticks me the f off. Is how come Uncharted? You have a very successful multi generational franchise between PS3 and PS4, and then you make a PS5 version of the game, you know, for everybody on there. But you you literally say, nope, it's done, story's over, dead. We're not gonna take it, no matter any circumstances, even if we feel that we could, we're not going to bring Uncharted back unless it's in a movie, which they did. Okay? But why the hell can't you do that with The Last of Us? Nope, it's done. Last of Us is done. Even if we feel it, nope. No, guys, you don't understand. Ellie's story's not done. Okay. 
How's who's to say Nathan Drake's story's done? How how do we know Nathan Drake's story's done? Yeah, he had a kid. Yeah, he had a kid. See, okay, so did Ellie. You know, like, are, are, right? Didn't they? They are yeah, they like a family? Yeah, they had a kid. They had a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, why why does why can why does it work for one thing? Oh, they have a daughter who's ten years old and he's old now. He can't do any of that. Okay. Make it a father-daughter passing the torch. Laura Croft, motherfucker. You know? You ever played Tomb Raider? Girls can do it too. <laughs> you know? You don't need to be a guy to go splunking looking for the treasures of El Dorado. You know? <laughs> Come on now. But no. It, it doesn't work for that. But then when we want to bring back The Last of Us. Guys, you don't understand. The story's just not finished yet. The story is so finished. <laughs> It like fin- it, it did because it wrapped up. They're on a farm. They're having fun. They're just- the whole point of being on a farm with a child is the end of the story, right? Like that is Superman's end of his yeah. story, right? You know, yeah. It's like the American end of a story. Go on a farm, like dude. I swear to God, they could, they could, they could, they could cure the whole world and everything goes back to perfectly normal. No more bad guys whatsoever, and they'll be like one more, one more. Mm-hmm. It's not done yet. Last of Us Part 9. It's not done yet. Everybody knows that farms signify the ending of a story arc. It's why Thanos went to one. Exactly. Literally. It's the circle. Because you move away to your own secluded. You're done. You're retired. It's over. You know? But now, mm-hmm. it's just like, nope. Not done yet. There's one more, guys. Her story is not finished. Her story is not finished yet. I just I don't I don't get that. So here's here here's my here's my compromise, Naughty Dog, Neil Druckmann. Uh Neil Druckmann. Did I say Neil Druckmann? Wait. Yeah, yeah, Neil Druckmann. Why was I thinking of Nathan? Oh, because Nathan Drake. Um, okay. Here's my compromise. <clears throat> make an uncharted game when you make a Last of Us 3 game. And I'll and that will be my compromise. Because everybody can go do whatever the hell they want with The Last of Us 3. I'm not going to play it. I don't care. Okay? You guys can do whatever the heck you want all the way over in Yander Dander. Okay? That's not my thing. Give me an Uncharted game, though. Give me an Uncharted game. Give me a new Uncharted game since we're bringing back The Last of Us. Let's bring back Uncharted. Give me a goddamn Uncharted game and we'll call it good. Hell, it doesn't even have to be at the same time. Give me an Uncharted game like three years after The Last of Us 3. I'll give you some time, right? So The Last of Us 3 probably won't come out till what, like 2026? Okay, give me till 2029, 2030, okay? Give me till 2030, give me six years. Six years, a new Uncharted game? By that point, the fucking voice actors are going to be old enough to actually play their parts, so it doesn't matter, but... I mean, goddamn, how old is fucking... How old is, um... Let's, let's... Uh, fucking... Uh, Nolan North, how old is Nolan North? Yeah, he's like 53. He's he's about he's about at the age right now to play a fucking old Nathan Drake. You know? Yeah, he's at the age, you know, a new God of War game with him and his, you know, his kid. Boy. Read me the puzzle, boy. <laughs> yeah, dude, like uncharted, but it's like it's God of War. Yeah, exactly. Like dude. I could see that a Nathan Drake son experience or even daughter experience of the passing down of the torch with like a really game changing adventure. Yep. Um, 
no, one of the sad. I actually saw Nolan North cry, which is kind of sad. One of the saddest things ever about Nolan North, and I almost get, I'm getting almost tears in my eyes now, is at the end of the Call of Duty Zombies when they when the storyline was finished, when they when they when they said no more, well, the storyline's gonna continue, but not with the original cast anymore, uh, with Nikolai Dempsey, Takio, and Rick Toffin. Uh and literally they did like a they they Treyarch brought brought the voice actors in, you know, all together. And they like talked about their best moments from 2007 to, well, I guess 2008, from like 2008 to about 2019. And they literally, they literally were all in tears, like crying because like, this was like their biggest characters of their lives. Like other than Nathan Drake, like Nolan North's biggest character is like, you know, was Rick Hoffman for the longest time. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is, um... I mean, here, let's look up. I know he played, he played some other roles. He played, um, voice acting. Yeah, he played, uh, Rick Toffin. Um, he played Nathan Drake. Let's see. Oh, he was in God of War. He played Modi. Played who? He played Modi in God of War. That makes a lot of sense. Really? Wait. God of War voice actors. I I don't want the God of War voice actor. I know who Christopher Judge is. God damn it. Give me the whole cast. Okay, let's take a look. Top cast. Okay. Uh, yeah, Nolan North played Modi. Wow. That is insane. I did not know that. But yeah, Nolan North is like the go-to like PlayStation voice actor. But yeah. Oh, I think he also played um, in Ratchet and Clank. I think he played Ratchet. Anyways, um, yeah, no, like that was like the saddest moment. And now he also doesn't have Uncharted anymore either. So, you know, like, um, I think Nolan North was on, um, was on Rick and Morty for a while, but like, he's such a talented voice actor and he just doesn't have like a lot of work. It's kind of sad. Oh man, the tragedy. A true tragedy. But yeah, um, going off of that, uh, Laura Bailey, um, so apparently she played Abby. She said, Last of Us fans would send death threats targeting her newborn son over her portrayal of Abby. It was rough. It taught me to keep my distance from the community. Get a golf club. <laughs> Yeah, go golfing. Okay, okay, that that was that was a joke. Okay, let's go golfing. Nobody should be sending death threats to anybody for being paid to do their job as a voice actor for a game. All right. Now, unless this Laura Bailey has an entire online social persona of quite literally calling for the death of lots of people, okay, 
Uh, there's no reason to send her death threats nor threaten her newborn child, okay? It's just a game. Quite literally, you don't have to play it. Nobody should be playing it anyways. So yeah. don't go doing that, okay? A- send them to Neil Druckmann. Literally, I, as yeah. literally as you said that, the top comment says she truly didn't deserve this hate. She was simply doing her job. If the fans want to blame somebody, blame Neil Druckmann. And the guy said her voice acting was good. Don't blame Neil Druckmann for that. And then, um, and then a guy just said, "Grow up and get over it." Look, her voice acting was good. Okay, it's like, you know. The script for it, we're not going to go there. It's fine. Okay, her, her her voice acting was brilliant. Okay, it it's the character, the writing, and the story that was trash. You, her performance was great. No, send it all to Neil Druckmann. Okay, he can handle. He likes taking things. Okay, just don't threaten voice oh, okay. actors. That was a that was a crazy that, that was a crazy snippet that you just did. I like that though. Um, yeah, no, honestly, this is the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. Is they're actors, and this is the thing people do with actors too, is they treat them like they're characters, right? Like when people go up to Christian Bale, this is like one of the things he always talks about why he didn't like American Psycho, because everybody thinks that he's like crazy like that. And yeah, you know, you know, Christian Bale might might not have every single screw, you know, Titan, but he ain't fucking killing people and murdering people on the fucking uh, fucking with axes and shit like that and doing all the crazy shit Bateman does but like come on like don't don't go up to people and and treat them like their character because nobody likes that like they're doing a job no. at the end of the day like that was the thing with Keanu Reeves dude like have you, you saw that video of that guy where he actually managed to piss Keanu Reeves off yeah yeah I saw that it's like shit like that like don't pester people for shit like that like that's so annoying like that's actually no 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 way it's actually it's actually insane like they're 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 acting for a reason they're they're the reason why they're called actors because they're playing a role okay they're they're not it, don't don't fucking blame somebody for bad writing when they're the voice actor seriously like i don't i, I and I'm going to say this to everybody from somebody who like does stuff like that as a writer, I'll even say this, blame the writer because the writer is the person who did the problem, who created the problem. Like the voice actor. Here's the thing about a voice actor. And, and let me tell you a secret about acting too. Unless you are like DiCaprio or Robert De Niro or any of those big names, right? If you say this script is bad, here's my revisions. You know, Vin Diesel, that shit. You're getting kicked off the project. I mean, simply put, the the writers are there to make money and they're there to do their job, which is to write. And when you as an actor are trying to second guess, being like, nope, I'm not going to say that. Um, this is what I need to say. Then you're done. Simply put, she wouldn't have a job. So do you want her to make money and do a good job voice acting? Or do you want her to try and bitch about the script and and get kicked off the project? You know? 
yeah, don't 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 go giving people death threats, please. Yeah, no, we don't condone they, that. She, they did their job, okay? It's like they did the job they were hired to do, and unless that person is like truly, unless unless the voice actor picked to be Abby because she wanted to like stick it to somebody politically or like I don't know in the like the weirdest like agenda pushed way like somebody who like you know what Neil Druckmann did I mean then you know but not the newborn save the kid okay just just send it all to Neil Druckmann okay he's the one in charge he drove the bus all right he's the reason why they got on the wrong street yeah okay moving on um so Godzilla minus one has officially ended okay come on oh shit sorry um, so Godzilla minus one has officially ended its U S theatrical run today. Uh, actually this Ooh. was yesterday. Um, it was supposed to play for a week, uh, and it ended up running for two months and made nearly $57 million domestically saving the box office during the, the worst stretch in box office, uh, in the past 10 years. It is now the third biggest non-English language film ever in the United States and it is now a top 15 non-English film of all English films made in the world. Tip your cap. Dang. Yes. Movie was I insane. I want to see it. I know. Um, so apparently uh, there will probably be for all of you people who um, pirate um, for all you arg, I hate buddies. Uh, that one those people, it'll probably come within the next week. Uh, and if you want to um, get it, there will be a 4K UHD disc along with a Blu-ray and a regular DVD version coming out by the end of the month. So, I don't know if there's going to be anything on streaming services. This seems like a movie Max would pick up because Max has... So, here's the thing about Max. Everybody thinks... When you think about like big in the United States... It's kind of subjective, right? Because like Netflix, Disney are really big in the, in the United States. HBO Max, which is now Max, is actually the biggest platform technically worldwide other than Netflix. Max has the largest amount of like French, uh, European, Japanese, uh, Korean films in TV shows, uh, even dedicated to all regions. The thing is Max is very loose on the... So you know how like Netflix is very region-based? Like, if you have your region in Europe, you get, like, more TV shows that are European-based, you know? Max doesn't give a fuck, really. Like, there there are some really loose stuff, but, like, Max, basically, if you can watch it in one country, you can watch it in pretty much all of them, except for China. Um, you can watch them in pretty much all of them. So, uh, I'm assuming this will probably be a film that comes to Max, or it'll probably come to, like, Paramount. I still don't understand why, why like... Disney and in in Hulu and and Netflix do that. Why do you have region-based content? Like that is so dumb. Especially for movies, where I get they only get the rights, but like then don't get the rights. Be like, "No, we only want the rights if we can show it to the whole audience that we have." Cuz people are paying for this and they want to watch this movie, you know? Um but yeah, huge respect to the monster genre. It's crazy. I'm happy it did well with such its low budget. Um, uh, I, I hope that a sequel is in the mix that makes, you know, legendary pictures really pissed off that it's outdoing their own Godzilla. 
yeah. Well, you know, apparently he wants to make a sequel too, so we could get another one too. Who knows? But yeah, I probably will buy that film. I just want I'm just really excited to see it. I was I almost got to see it, but then like some problems came up and I didn't get to see it, but I was kind of ticked, but you know whatever. Um all right, Raven, I think we're actually going to call it here because we ran a little bit longer on the other two segments, so uh, this is going to even out to about our 30 minutes total for each. So thank you guys for um, listening to the BeastCast. Also, I'm extremely hungry, so I need I need food in my belly. Um, I've, I've actually lost weight in the past week, too. I've lost almost, like, six pounds because I just stopped eating crap. Uh, but, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the BeastCast. Uh, make sure to uh, download the podcast. Make sure to give us a good review. Make sure to subscribe, comment, wherever you're at. Um, Raven, anything else you want to say before we don't decide? Don't send to... death threats to people. Oh, yeah. Don't send death threats to people. Even Neil Druckmann, you know, he's a bad guy. But don't don't send death threats to anybody. Send him a pineapple pizza. That's oh, dude, that's good. Dude, literally facts. Find out what he doesn't like. Like, be like, oh, I don't like avocados and then just send him a box of avocados mm-hmm. like there yeah. you go see because that's gonna piss his day off more than reading a death threat because a death threat he's not even gonna read it he'll gonna be like he's gonna see like kill and then he's gonna just put it in the garbage right but if you send him a box and he you you hype him up to think that he actually got a package and then it's just avocados you know yeah that's right there you go all right thank you guys for listening to the beast cast and we will see you on friday bye bye